Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 915 of Locked On Raptors for Tuesday, March the 30th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean, and you can find the show at Locked On Raptors. We can find links to every single episode of the podcast. Today's show is also brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me this week, I believe on Thursday. We're going to fire up a locker room, probably a mailbag-style thing, so please put it in your calendar. And uh, join us on Locker Room as we take your questions and talk about the Raptors. Locker Room changing the way we talk about sports. All right, on today's show, it's just me going solo after the Raptors lost their 13th of their last 15. This time, once again, to the Detroit Pistons, who are now owners of three wins over the Raptors. Three out of their 13 wins on the season, which is kind of hilarious. Dwayne Casey continues to have some sort of hex upon Nick Nurse. And that's kind of funny. It's not funny for the Toronto Raptors, though. They lose this game. It continues to spiral. They're now two and a half games out of the play-in game. And my biggest takeaway from this one, and we'll get into some of the things that went wrong, and man, there were a lot of things that went wrong, but I think the biggest takeaway from this one for me is that I'm finally ready to embrace the idea of maybe not making the playoffs and this is not to say that I'm going to root for the team to lose games on purpose because I think that's bullshit I think tanking is bad however it's kind of in the stars it seems as though despite all of the signs pointing towards this being a team that is capable of a turnaround they might just be over it they might just be done the vibes last night in Detroit were tremendously bad the vibes in a lot of these losses recently have been super discouraging and I'm no longer at the point where I'm going to be disappointed if the Raptors don't go on a run to make the playoffs. I still hope it happens. I think it would be great. I'm, you know, the draft position is, you know, sure, a thing to keep in mind, but ultimately, I would rather watch a team play good basketball and win games and make the playoffs. That's better than draft lottery hoping and all that. But at this point, if it just happens that they continue to ride this death spiral for the rest of the season and end up with high lottery position, I won't be totally disappointed by that unless they start like very clearly going out of their way to tank games and are sitting guys for very little reason then that'll kind of grind me a little bit because that's thunder behavior you don't want to be doing thunder stuff you don't want to be doing process sixer stuff that is terrible and it's not fun and tanking is garbage but it might just be out of their hands at this point and look there's a lot of reasons why they're not playing well right now and I don't want to take all of the blame off of the players because Last night was a very bad performance, pretty much top to bottom. You had Fred Van Vliet kind of pacing the team in the first half before really falling off in the second half. You had Kyle Lowry not making a terribly huge impact on the game, but also I don't think they were really going to run him out there a ton in the second half when they were very clearly trailing by a million points, and it was not really in the cards for a comeback. I'd imagine had they dug into the lead and made it interesting near the end, he probably gets in, but... 
they end up getting him 24 minutes, which is not the end of the world, and hopefully they can kind of keep him fresh with that foot injury he's been dealing with. Pascal Siakam was pretty bad in this game. Um, the defense, I thought, was even more troubling than the 5 of 14 shooting night, and most of his points came in garbage time in the fourth quarter. You know, he had some nice playmaking flourishes, things like that, but his defense in this one, there was one play in particular that just was so not Raptors, and I don't know what's going on. I don't know why they've kind of like lost their identity on defense to such a degree, but there was this possession where Jeremy Grant had the ball on the wing, Fred Van Vliet was guarding him, and Pascal came over to double, and then Saban Lee just kind of rolled to the basket by himself. And Saban Lee got an easy bucket as Pascal Siakam was recovering from being out of position for hanging at the double too long. And it was just like, that's not how the Raptors play, man. This is not it. And like that, to me, signals like a lot of things going on with this team right now. And like the the mental burden, the fact that you're playing a back-to-back where you're flying. Instead of the regular Toronto to Detroit 20-minute flight, it's Tampa Bay to Michigan. And it's just got to be a grind to have to fly back down to that southern outpost Every single time you play a game, I I just, I get it, man. (laughs) I get why this team looks like they're done. And like, I think the losses in these close games probably kind of add fuel to the fire in terms of just the the utter dejection that the team is feeling because you feel like you're close and then it doesn't quite end up being enough. And so many of these games have followed the exact same script. It's got to be absolutely grating on all of these dudes. And yes, they have to play better. And yes, like the excuses only go so far, but also... I kind of understand at this point. It feels like a lost season, and any effort that's going to go in is going to be so tiresome because there is so little margin for error on this team that maybe they're just kind of resigned to the idea, kind of like fans seem to be, which is just like ride this shit out, hopefully come back next year refreshed, playing in Toronto, if the Ontario government ever figures its shit out, and just kind of start from there with whatever happens in the offseason revamping the roster and like things are going to come they have cap space probably or they're going to bring back Lowry and probably execute some trades like they have a lot of things to do this offseason it's a very pivotal offseason for the team and maybe you just kind of look at this offseason and say okay let's just get to that let's just get to a, a time where we're not playing in Tampa Bay we can get out of this shit early by not making the playoffs and just kind of refresh and maybe that's what's going on here maybe it is just one of those one year Everything goes bad tanks that we've seen. Uh, I think it was Joey Cash last night made the point, like the Spurs, for example, when you know they had the one year they go into the gutter and get Tim Duncan or whatever it is. The Warriors, for example, last year where just the injuries all piled up, they end up falling to number two in the draft. Maybe that happens for the Raptors this year. And I'm at the point now where if that is the case, I won't be terribly upset if they just don't have it in them to make a run here as much as it would be very fun to watch a run and again still could happen the schedule's not exactly difficult coming up but the schedule has not mattered it seems they play well against good teams and play like garbage against bad teams so maybe the schedule is in fact very very challenging on the horizon here for the rest of april and on that note i am going to do a new thing on today's podcast the sort of throwing in the towel the waving of the white flag the surrender of me, someone who has been very much on the side of this team is good and just hasn't been able to put it together yet because of all these circumstances going on. I, I am going to, at the end of every podcast going forward here for the foreseeable future, uh, do a tankathon simulation just to get the juices flowing when it comes to the draft lottery and really, uh, you know, just just kind of see what the odds are, see how regular it happens where the Raptors jump up. 
it'd be lovely to see them jump up routinely, and uh, I think it'll be a good boost to the psychology just to run that simulation uh, once a day here on the podcast. So we'll start doing that in the back part of the show to close things off. Stay tuned for that. Uh, on the rest of today's show, I, I want to dive into some of the positive from yesterday. There wasn't a lot. There was one particular bright spot. Gary Trent Jr., who had a really nice press conference after the game, um, and I'm just going to play that in its entirety for you in the second segment. We'll dive into that and just sort of talk about Gary Trent, who looked pretty good in his third game as a Toronto Raptor. The shooting efficiency a little bit not there, 6 of 15, had some trouble finishing around the rim and all that stuff, but lots of good stuff from Gary Trent in this one. So we'll get to that coming up in just one second. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting rooms for the Locked On Raptors room once a week, and you can finally join in the conversation you listen to here every single day. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations by the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors, you will have a chance to chat with me. It might even have a chance to be featured on the Locked On Raptors podcast, because I'm going to be repurposing some of those conversations for the pod. And you can be part of it just by downloading the app. If you have an Apple uh, device, download Locker Room. You can jump on in. You can follow me and get notifications whenever I go live as well. And there are plenty more really great people doing locker rooms on there. Our friend S. Barry Henney's part of this group called the Hoops Avengers. He's on there all the time. Uh, Mark Stein was doing some really awesome, insightful insider Q&As before the trade deadline. I would imagine he's going to continue with those going forward here as well. They were super interesting right before the trade deadline. Lots of intel you weren't getting elsewhere. Go download the free locker room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join whatever group you want, the NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA. For the latest league updates, follow me at Woodley Sean. Sorry, at Sean Woodley, not my Twitter handle. At Sean Woodley, I got the good one on Locker Room, and you'll get notified when my rooms go live. I know you won't want to miss those. We're working Katie Heindel, Vivek Jacob into those as well. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Raptors. See you soon at Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. All right, before we get into Gary Trent's postgame from last night, I did just want to remind you that coming up this week on tomorrow's podcast, Robel, our pal, the draft genius, sub me and coach on YouTube, is joining the podcast to really lean into this tank stuff, baby. Uh, we're going to talk about the top of the draft. We're going to talk about maybe the middle part of the draft where the Raptors don't end up in that top five where that seems to be where you want the Cunningham, Suggs, Kuminga, Green, and Mobley range. We'll talk about those guys. We'll talk about the rest and just the overall strength of the draft with Robel, who is the very best when it comes to draft stuff. I can't wait to have him on on tomorrow's podcast, so stay tuned. Let's now get to Gary Trent, who spoke after the game last night, and it was a pretty good game for him overall. He had 15 points. He had five assists, which I was a little taken aback by the sort of vision he seemed to show in this game. And a lot of this was... You know, I think in the second half, the Raptors had kind of mailed it in a little bit. They weren't playing their best lineups. They were benching their main guys for quite long stretches. Again, Kyle plays just 24 second half minutes. Pascal had foul trouble. He was uh, only limited to 28 minutes in this game. Not an overly burdensome minutes game, but Gary Trent did play 38 minutes and was asked at times to bring the ball up the floor. And I thought he was pretty effective. You know, his defense as well was quite nice. He jumped a couple passing lanes, had a couple steals, uh, 15 points, four boards, five assists, like I said, three of seven from deep, finally getting that three-point shot to go. I wasn't concerned about it or anything like that. He's a good three-point shooter who looked a little bit jittery in his first couple games with the Raptors, and he looked much more comfortable in this one. 
like I alluded to in the first segment, there's still some work to do when it comes to finishing around the basket, and it feels like, you know, obviously he's made this kind of his bread and butter, that little drive-in and, you know, 12-foot mid-range or whatever. I'm assuming that's kind of easy to guard if you have read the scouting report ahead of time and you kind of have it as a thing you know he's going to do. So he'll have to come up with some counters to that, but it's still a nice-looking shot and still some nice, delicate touch on it. Didn't go down in this one. But that's okay. I, I thought overall he was quite nice. And the playmaking, he had the one pass where he gave it to Pascal. He cut, and then Pascal found him, and then he spun around and hit OG in the corner. And that was beautiful. I Like, really, really next-level stuff from Gary Trent. And this is all the stuff you want to see, right? I'm okay seeing him bring the ball up the court, have him, you know, experiment a little bit more. The Raptors are trying to get a look at how much they're going to pay this guy and what he is in terms of the team's future. I certainly think he's part of the team's future. He's a nice player with a lot of quality attributes, but getting him the ball and seeing what he can do with it, I think is uh, is a worthwhile venture at this point of the season as development kind of has to take over as the number one priority. Let's listen in to Gary Trent. He spoke after the game about the sort of acclimation process with Toronto and and getting up to speed with everything, how he's kind of helping the dudes get through a really tough time as he kind of joins a team that is going right through it right now, and also his budding friendship with OG Ananobi, which is one of the most important stories on the team for the rest of the season is to watch how that develops. You know, Malachi Flynn's development as a pick-and-roll operator, sure, that's fine, but baby, give me that Gary Trent OG uh, bromance. That's that's really the most important thing to keep an eye on as it flourishes for the rest of the season. Uh, let's listen in. Gary Trent Jr., the newest Toronto Raptor. Hey, Gary. Uh, what What's the transition been like for you over the last few days? What's sort of the biggest adjustment from going uh, from team to team in the middle of a season? Yeah, you know, it's just crazy, you know, uh, down to the smallest things, coming from the West Coast, trying to adjust the East Coast time. Uh, come into a new system, you know, trying to get the guys trust, trying to, you know, guys get to respect you, uh, jail with them, you know, get to understand their games. You know, it's been it's been crazy, you know, but road punches keep going, you know, that's about it. Is there anybody that's been especially helpful, either from the coaching staff or, or uh, another player that's been helpful in sort of helping you through this process? Everybody in the whole organization, you know, they're trying to make the transition as easy as possible. You know, just on plane rides, you know, starting to bomb with guys and talk to guys. You know, I'm sitting next to OG. You know, we had a long conversation, the whole flight about everything, you know, just our, our journeys, our, where we from, you know, just to get a better understanding of a whole bunch of, you know, of everybody. Thanks, Gary. Have a good night. We'll go to Doug Smith from the Toronto Star. Gary, thanks for stopping by. Um, there was a sense of a, a high level of frustration tonight during the game. What's it feel like on the court? when things are slipping away as they are? Well, you know, it's a game of basketball. You know, it's not the, the first time, you know, that you've been on the losing side of things or because you've been on the winning side of things too. But it doesn't really have a, a specific feel to it. You know, it's just we got to keep playing, you know, stay together, keep fighting, you know, and everything to take care of yourself. Really, you really can't salt on it. You really can't, you know, put your head down. You got to just keep running, keep pushing. I guess that's one of the best things is the games come so fast and furious you can't sulk about one or get worried about what happened instead of what look what's coming at all you know we got a next one against okc so you know obviously we're gonna go back watch the film see what we did wrong in this game and be better for the next game great thanks very much for your time safe trip to okc man appreciate you thanks doug uh we'll go to eric crane from the athletic hey gary appreciate the time tonight 
Um, further to that question from Doug, I mean, this is a group that's used to winning and winning a lot. Uh, and, you know, this, the run they're on right now is, is not familiar. As one of the newer faces around, what can you do to sort of make sure the energy is a bit more up while you're getting acclimated, of course? For sure, you know, always being positive, you know. No matter what's going on in the game, you know, I'm, I'm telling, you know, P, AP, they can't guard you. Or, hey, let's get a stop here. You know, just talking to guys, trying to be motivated, trying to be positive energy, you know. When everybody is, you know, down or there's frustration, you know, you just got to stay positive. Keep going, keep encouraging guys, and, you know, have good spirits. Thanks, Gary. Safe travels. Thanks, Eric. Uh, we'll go to William Liu from Yahoo Sports Canada. Hey, Gary. Um, seemed like you got into more of a rhythm tonight. Um, you know, you had five assists, you had uh, 15 points. Um, how comfortable are you feeling within the, the offense so far? How much, obviously, I think you only had one practice to really sort of soak it in. Uh, where are you at in terms of the familiarity with the teammates and also just the, the scheme as, as a whole? Well, yeah, you know, it's only been two games. We've had one practice. Like, again, I'm still trying to figure out, you know, certain things. Guys like, for example, you know, me and OG didn't had two turnovers where he, he's pitched it to me, but I'm used to it, you know, getting the ball put into my stomach, you know, like in a sense. So it's just little things like that. You know, we had a conversation about it, but it's just, you know, trying to adjust on the fly. As more time goes on, you know, it will get better. You know, we'll start to gel. We'll get a better rhythm, you know, still trying to learn the offense. So, you know, it's just getting to it, knowing where my spots to be at, you know, knowing where to set guys up and, you know, just keep, keep watching film, stay with the coaches, uh, ask questions, you know, and that's really all you can do. And um, you, you had a really nice pass tonight uh, for one of your five assists, where I think Pascal found you on a cut, and then you kind of whipped it 360 bit air to, I think, OG in the corner. Um, can you take us through, like, what you saw in that play? Because, I mean, obviously, that's a fantastic pass. Yeah, you know, well, P, you know, he he gets a lot of attention, you know, being the player that he is. And I knew my guy was ball watching. I uh, just made a simple cut, you know, but I saw OG in the corner. I seen his man a little too far over as I was cutting, you know, on the block. And I knew if I just set it up, get into the corner in the shooting pocket, he, he should be able to knock it down. And really just uh, about it, just reading the play, you know, playing the game. That's great. And I got to add, I mean, the fact that you and OG shared a, a conversation throughout the entire course of a flight. I mean, he's he's not really been a guy that's been super talkative. Um, he has kind of a, it's almost like a running gag with the media that he doesn't talk that much. But um, yeah, I mean, can you elaborate more on sort of what you guys talked about? Yeah, you know, it's crazy outside looking in. Uh, I always thought he was, you know, quiet before I got here. You know, almost, you could say, kawaii in a sense, uh, mm -hmm. how he carries himself. And, you know, that's not the case at all. He's very interesting. You know, he has interests. You know, we have we share the same interests to the point where we talk about our love for 2K. We was talking trash, like, we need to play because I think I'm good. He thinks he's good. So, you know, just little things like that. So it's just, you know, bonding with guys, talking to guys, you know, uh, talking to Malachi. Uh, asking him where he's from, his journey, his story, you know, just, you know, really just trying to bond with the guys and, you know, get a better understanding of who I'm playing with, who I'm around, and who I'm going to go to war with. That's Gary Trent Jr. Uh, I think people are going to like this dude quite a bit. I've said it already a couple times, but hearing him talk more and more seems like a really good quote, seems like a thoughtful guy, seems pretty fun, and him and OG, the two best friends anyone could have. It's beautiful to see. Um, and I look forward to Trent kind of getting more comfortable within the constructs of the team as, you know, learning has got to be difficult right now with no practice time and, you know, the schedule being so hot and heavy. They've played, what, 
three games in four days since he joined the team. <laughs> it's been a lot. And I would imagine, you know, as soon as they get some time here, which I, I don't think there is any time. There's never any off time on this schedule. It's ridiculous. It just never stops. But I would, I would hope that some practice time and some time, more more plain conversations with OG will help to get him acclimated and uh, help things get a little bit more smooth when he's out there with the starters, which I think has the potential to be quite a good lineup. It wasn't last night. The Pistons beat the shit out of every lineup the Raptors had, but I think that starting five still has the juice to be quite good the way they were when they had Norman Powell, except maybe even a little bit better defensively, which is kind of nice. Uh, we're going to get into the final segment in just a second here, and I'm going to dive into just some box score notes on a few guys from around the Raptors and what I thought about their game against the Pistons. Look, there's not a lot to think about the game against the Pistons. It was a terrible blowout that they were never in. One of the most dejecting basketball games I've ever seen, but there were some things to note. Talk about Malachi Flynn, talk about OG, and we'll get to that in a second before we also get into our tankathon simulation of the day, the first tankathon simulation of the day. If you're a company out there who wants to purchase the tankathon simulation of the day, hit me up. We could talk. Uh, anyway, let's uh, first tell you about our friends over at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, the NHL, MLB as well this week are in full swing. You can bet on a whole bunch of baseball odds. They have game money lines, which is very cool. Real-time updated odds and props and almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And don't forget to use the code LOCKEDON to unlock that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar, making the best tasting protein bars in the world. Amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber bars. They taste great with 100% chocolate covered on all sides. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madison. We're down to the final four, baby! Today, Cookie Dough Chunk goes up against Cookies and Cream for a chance to move on to the finals. It's big days over at the Built Bar Bracket Madness Challenge, so go and vote for your favorites. I think I'm probably going Cookies and Cream here, but both are very, very good choices up against Mint Brownie and Coconut Brownie Chunk on the other side of the Final Four bracket as well. So check out BuiltBar.com while you're at the website or on their Twitter at Bar underscore Built Voting. Be sure to buy some Built Bars for yourself, and when you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com, and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the number one protein bar among the... Like, it's the best of the best protein bars. It is literally the best protein bar, so come back and check it out at BuiltBar.com. All right, let's finish up today's episode with some box score notes, but First, just a heads up that you can listen to every single day right now on the MLB channel, Locked on MLB channel, that is, the daily and MLB previews. This is the final day, I believe. No, wait, the second to last day. This is the NL, NL Central's running today. NL West goes tomorrow. That'll be a lot of fun. The NL West is very, very good with the Padres being super fun. Um, and all six days of the MLB preview will, will be listenable on the podcast. You can also listen to the Bold Predictions episode that's coming out on Thursday on the Locked on MLB channel. Very good stuff and uh, excellent reads from all of our various local hosts breaking down their teams ahead of what should be a very fun baseball season. You know I love baseball. You should go listen to Lockdown Blue Jays as well. All right, let's wrap this thing up with some box score notes from last night against the Pistons. 
Again, a very, very bad game. And first of all, shout out to the Pistons. They're fun. They try really hard. Maybe I'm getting like a strange like steroids vision of the Pistons in my brain because I only really watch them when they play the Raptors. I can't say I'm searching out uh, Pistons games on a regular night. But like they try really hard, man. And their rookies are pretty interesting. I don't know if any of them's like a star, but Sadiq Bey is really fun. Saban Lee has at least been good against the Raptors. Beef Stew, Isaiah Stewart, is maybe going to be one of my favorite players in the league, mostly because his nickname is Beef Stew. Um, they're just, they're a fun little team. And they're bad, but they try really hard. And there's something commendable about that. And shout out to Dwayne Casey, who has coached these dudes up into trying hard and being uh, actual NBA players. Yes, they're 13 and 33. Yes, they might be the worst team in the league. I don't think you can really blame them for that because the roster is bad and they're actually doing the rebuild right. And if you want a coach to do a rebuild right, Dwayne Casey's the one. So shout out to Dwayne, who uh, continues to prove that he is, in fact, a very, very good basketball coach. Uh, On the Raptors side of things, uh, someone I want to note on is uh, Malachi Flynn. So Flynn played 18 minutes in this game, continues to be a big part of the rotation, uh, coming off the bench, getting those minutes to help bring down the minutes load on Lowry and Van Vliet, which is good. I would hope that we'll see more than 18 minutes as the season goes along here. You know, get him up to 22-23, play him in multi-guard lineups. I have no problem with that. He had five points, four boards, two assists, two of four from the field, which is nice for him considering it's been quite a go uh, with his shooting numbers this season. I believe he was at like 19% from three and 28% from the field uh, a couple days ago against the Blazers, I think was when I heard the stat quoted. And it's not much better now, although I guess a two for four last night will, in fact, probably increase those numbers quite a bit considering where they've been. You know, I I think it's still way too early to have any sort of judgments on Flynn. But I did note one thing last night that I think is not helping his cause much, and it's Aaron Baines. And I feel bad that we continue to hammer on Aaron Baines. It's not his fault. He's a backup center who got really bad unexpectedly. And it's not on him. He had COVID, you know, he's 34. Maybe the expectations and the hopes for him were too high to begin with, although I don't think anybody expected it to be this bad. But it really does not help Flynn in his development at all to be running pick and rolls with Aaron Baines as the screener because he doesn't offer much in terms of options for the ball handler. He's barely catching passes. He doesn't finish at all. When he's popping for three, it's a shot that the defense is very happy to take. And there's just no room for the guard to operate there. There's no reads for the guard to make because all the reads are bad reads. (laughs) It's just it doesn't quite work. And that's the sort of drawback of not having a legitimate center on this team. Like, imagine how things would be. And this is not me doing retcon and saying, oh, Serge Ibaka should have come back. Like, whatever. They they made their calculus. They tried to go after Giannis. You do that all the time. That's fine. But if Serge Ibaka were on this team, I'm just imagining sort of how much more space and how much more useful those pick and roll possessions with Flynn running the show would be and how much he'd be able to learn from those. There's not much learning going on right now. I likened it on Twitter last night to me learning how to drive in my dad's like 2001 Chevy Venture, this big beefy van that I could not control, could not not back into poles and the neighbor's car and things like that. It was terrible. And then I realized, oh, maybe I'm a better driver when I'm not driving this hoss of a car. And that kind of is what it feels like with Flynn when he's running pick and roll with Aaron Baines. And Baines only played nine minutes last night. They didn't overlap for a ton, but it still is just so notable. And even then, the other guys out there playing center for the Raptors, it's a lot of Stanley Johnson. It's a lot of Chris Boucher. 
And there is, I guess, more options when it comes to Chris Boucher. You know, he can roll, although his rolls are always so weird and sort of like sprawling and is is never standing straight up. He's always kind of like bent into a a C shape as he tries to go to the basket. It's very bizarre. But I I just can't help but think like a competent big man playing with Malachi Flynn would be so useful for his development. And hopefully that's something they can address in the offseason. And I think they will. I, I don't think this is like... They're not doing this because they want to do this. They're doing this because of a circumstance and because they made a bet that didn't quite work out when it came to the Giannis thing, and then they had to go with the backup option with Aaron Baines, and then Baines fell off a cliff, leaving them with very few in option uh, in season options, and that's just kind of the story of it. But that's just something I wanted to note with Flynn. I do think he's looking a little bit more comfortable. I think his defense remains pretty good. He gets hung up on screens a little bit here and there, but for the most part, he tries quite hard, and he's pretty good at jumping those passing lanes. No steals last night, but that's been a thing he's been doing recently. And just play him more, man. You're not going to know what you have with him until you just run him a little bit more often. Um, Another guy I wanted to know, Chris Boucher, as I kind of talked about just for a second there. (sighs) Chris Boucher. I'm getting a little sort of on the fence about Chris Boucher again. I know I've constantly kind of been a little bit low on him, and I have been very excited by the progress he's made this season. It's a wonderful story. I'm glad he got paid. He's probably going to be on the team next season also getting paid, which is great. Awesome story. And there are worse guys to have on your team. But I do think I'm kind of having a little bit of realism set in about what to expect Chris Boucher to be. And I kind of think he might just be like the most talented and fun bad player in the NBA. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's no shame. In fact, those are some of the best players to watch. Those are some of the most exciting and fun players. Shout out to Dion Waiters forever. I love exciting and kind of bad players who don't really impact winning but do amazing things and are like fantasy darlings and all that stuff. That's a cool thing to have, particularly in the regular season to keep you entertained night to night. But I think if you're sort of looking at this Raptors team and thinking about the building blocks and the guys who you know for sure are going to be pieces that can play big time minutes in big games whenever they get back to the stage where big games are played again, I think it's probably time to expect Chris Boucher is not going to be one of those guys. His defense has just not come along at all this season. And look, the defense of the team is a whole other question, and the Raptors' commitment to this scheme that really requires you to have eight excellent defensive players in your rotation and not three, it really is kind of overburdening everybody. And, you know, I think Nick Nurse deserves a little bit of criticism for not just sort of simplifying things and making things a little bit more conservative considering the the personnel on hand. Maybe just go to, like, a switching scheme. They run all these weird lineups with, like, no center. Just switch more or something. Make it as simple as possible. I don't know. Not, not that switching is easy. It's difficult to execute properly. But the way the Raptors play puts their guys at risk of getting exposed. But I kind of think Chris Boucher would be getting exposed regardless of the scheme. Just he's not a center. We've talked about this a million times. He's not a center. He's not a traditional rim protector. It just doesn't quite work. And he is, you know, when his offense is off, there's just not a lot that he's providing you. And when his offense is on, it's great. But still, the defense is giving stuff back. And again, I don't, I'm not saying like get rid of him today or anything like that. There's a value in having a guy like that, you know, both for entertainment and also, you know, because production off the bench is still valuable, whether it's, you know, guys who are going to play in crunch time of, of a championship game that, that, no, it's fine. You don't, you don't need to worry about that right now. That's not the position you're in. That's not your lot in life. And your ideal is that you'll get players who can insulate Chris Boucher a little bit more going forward here. But 
I do think the last little stretch for Boucher where the offense has been pretty inconsistent, the rebounding has been a, tr- a trouble just because he's half the size of everybody that he's up against. I mean, Isaiah Stewart just like manhandling him last night was pretty eye-opening. And I think it might just be time to accept that Chris Boucher, really fun, nice player, cool story, maybe not actually part of the long-term solution for the Raptors. And that pains me to say because he's super fun, but he can also still be on the team doing super fun things. And the team can have a realistic sort of outlook of, of what he is and where he fits and where he can actually provide value. And I think, like I said, that's going to be as a fun, exciting bench guy who maybe loses his spot when the postseason comes around, whenever they get back to being a postseason team, probably next season. Another guy I just want to note on uh, very quickly here, OG Ananobi, holy God, uh, just keep letting him do stuff and see what happens is kind of my thinking. That was kind of the, the fourth quarter's MO last night was OG, go do some dribbles and try to score some buckets and do your thing. And boy, did he do it. He had three blocks last night, too. The scoring average is going to come up. Um, he's going to average, you know, north of 12 shots a game, it seems. He's going to average probably like 18-something points. He's super efficient. We'll see if the efficiency kind of, you know, levels up. That's always the big challenge, right? You know, when a guy goes from 18% usage up to 25, is he able to scale up that efficiency? And, you know, that's going to be a question that OG is going to answer here. But things look pretty good right now. He is uh, extremely strong. He moves dudes out of the way whenever he wants. He's got some dribble drive game going on, just blowing by guys, getting in for dunks. Um, And it's tough to say, like, I don't know how hard were the Pistons trying in the fourth quarter. I don't know. But it's very exciting. And I'm very invested in watching OG just kind of cook for the rest of the season because his development is essential. And if you can really kind of train him up to be a second third option take some of the burden off fred to shoot 20 times a game man i think you're cooking and i think it'll be a lot of fun so i just wanted to note og ananobi for his work against the pistons one of the few bright spots him gary trent maybe some rodney hood i don't know it's pretty rough going man um but uh we'll put a pin in that for now and we'll leave the pistons game behind us forever and close things out with our first ever Tankathon simulation of the day. Right now, the Raptors, 18 and 29, are seventh in draft lottery odds, draft lottery positioning. They're tied in the games column with Washington, but by win percentage, they are in seventh as the Wizards have won two in a row. They're, they're threatening to pass the Raptors. Don't worry. The Raptors also play the Thunder tomorrow, who are a game and a half behind them in the standing so a little bit of chance to make distance I hear I hate talking about it like this I'm not rooting for the Raptors to lose games I'm not doing it it sucks I'm not doing it but people will do that I'm sure uh anyway the Raptors it's actually kind of insane I'm looking at the tankathon sheet right now and losing streaks are highlighted in green as though they're good it makes me sad this is terrible um but I'm gonna do it for the for the content I suppose and to make me sane anyway the Raptors are seventh in odds uh, 18 and 29 right now they have the 32 percent chance of moving up into the top four seven and a half percent chance of number one overall when it's sim the lottery right now and your toronto raptors drop down to eighth as the pistons jump up from three to one the kings drop up or jump up from 12 to two good for them and the rockets drop down one to three and the, the raptors pick eighth but still Pick an eighth. Not the worst in the world. You get Scotty Barnes, Moses Moody. Uh, there's some interesting names in there. But as of right now, the Raptors are uh, 0-1, I guess, and moving up. <laughs> Falling down to eighth. It's a bummer, but whatever. Uh, we'll leave that there for now. Thank you so much for tuning in. 
A uh, huge thank you to Locker Room, Bet Online, Built Bar, all the the sponsors of today's podcast. I'll be back again tomorrow, like I said, with Robel to talk about the draft, top of the draft, Cade Cunningham, Jonathan Kaminga, uh, Evan Mobley, and all the dudes after that top five that is so hallowed. We'll get into that. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Locked on Raptors.